0: Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe... Welcome Browns backers, it's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com. And on social media, at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V. And that's the same handle for Instagram. Tony, we're going to talk schedule today. The Browns have an interesting one. Uh, You know, a little fun at the beginning, a little craziness at the back end, uh, a break in the middle, a couple... (laughs) A couple... uh, Primetime games, both at home, which I think helps, and a lot of 1 o'clock starts. So, we'll just run through week by week, talk about those, figure maybe that's the easiest way. Uh, The Browns open the regular season, Tony, with their outstanding opening day record (laughs) (laughs) since they've returned. Uh, And the NFL... Threw us a softy by sending us to Baltimore <laughs> to open the season. Uh, thoughts on on week one?
1: Well, you, you know, of course it's it's crazy to pick a winner or a loser at this point because I mean the teams haven't even had mini camps. Yep. Um. So so that makes it tough. But so I'll I'll just go off of last year's um just records and last year's teams because we can assume that we're going to at least be that good um, with the hope of being maybe a little better. Um, I'm not too excited about this because the the, the, <laughs> well, the problem we've had the last couple of years, most especially last year, last year, and, and I'm hoping the hype machine doesn't, um, I, I hope it's just not working this year. I feel like last year there was this overhyped, uh, you know, just expectations that weren't going to happen. Um, I, I would hope this year that'll be toned down a little bit, but I think the end result is going to be the same. We're going to come out of Week One with a loss, and for a team that's young, a team that has a new coach, a team that has a new GM, and and and, and all these new pieces, they're going to have to keep that into perspective, and they're going to have to not allow the loss to affect the rest of the season because you know a lot of times that first game will set the tone. But if it's, if it's a loss, it doesn't have to set the tone in a negative manner. I mean, certainly Baltimore, I would hope everyone in the, uh, the Cleveland organization realizes just how good Baltimore was last year. Uh, their draft was off the charts this year, so I would anticipate them being just a little bit better. But uh, you just have to manage one, <clears throat> excuse me, expectations going into the game, and then two you're going to have to manage the damage that's done after the game. Because it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose and allow your whole entire season to spiral out of control on week one, which I think is what happened last year. I mean, last year when they walked away from that that week one loss, the stink on that team never washed <laughs> off. I mean, that stink stayed with them the whole rest of the season. And you can't, can't allow that to happen. So that's not just on the coach. It's on Andrew Berry, it's on the ownership. What's
0: your challenge this year, right? Your challenge this year is it's 4 days later. Right? You got a Thursday yeah. night game coming off of week 1, and I think, you know, the betting public, most folks, if you if you had to bet your house or your life, you're probably taking Baltimore at home against Cleveland especially week 1. Yeah. And then you have to come back to that you're coming home great. So at least you're going to be home, but it's 4 days later, Thursday night game against Cincinnati that's going to be the challenge is yeah. not allow, from not allowing that to carry over yeah. is the fact that you have that Thursday night game you don't have a whole another week to prep and yeah. for a new coaching staff that's going to be immensely challenging
1: well and, and you know quite frankly you're going up against a quarterback that you have zero film on at the pro level you I mean obviously you could watch his LSU film but you're going to have zero film on him so it is going to be tough but at the same time if you can manage it, it, it could be a blessing in disguise. Because the beautiful thing about having a game that you know that soon after what's potentially going to be your first loss is getting that first win on the board. Now, if they can if they can manage to win that game, then that I think works in their favor because it kind of reverses that stink. And I know it's just Cincinnati that they're, but it's still a win. Um, if you look at last year, hey, man,
0: it's the NFL. Yeah, yeah win's a win. I, mean, we'll, we'll take I don't it. care.
1: But uh, yeah, you know that's my thought. If, if we're going to go into this season with a mindset, and, and you never want to go into them in with a mindset we're going to lose, but you always need to have a contingency plan. A well, let's just say if we did lose, uh, well, what do we do? <laughs> and you know, being ready for that Cincinnati game at home is going to be huge. I, I think the biggest factor for me is, and this is kind of getting getting off topic a little bit, is. It's a home game, but I, you know, we haven't made these decisions yet. Does, does that even matter? I mean, is that going to matter? Because are we going to have...
0: Well, I think it just it's matters like... from a travel standpoint, yeah. right? To have to go down to Baltimore and then come back to Cleveland and then go back down to Cincinnati. It, it yeah. makes it a little easier just... Even if you're not talking, hey, there's no fans in the stadium. It doesn't really matter from a momentum and a crowd noise standpoint. It's going to be whatever it is. But I think the lack of travel for that game. And, and realistically from my standpoint, if they sneak out a win in that Baltimore game, in my opinion, they're losing that Cincinnati game because they're going to be yeah. head in the clouds too much and Cincinnati's going to come in here ready and prepared and we might not be ready and prepared for that. So I'm saying regardless of what happens, probably one and one. Yep. That's what after, I after the first two weeks and I think most people assume the win's coming in Cincinnati against Cincinnati, the loss is coming at Baltimore. And then that's fine. You're moving then to Washington. You have Haskins, largely predicted to be the starting quarterback again this year. Did not look fantastic last year. The defense, uh, I mean, that whole team, that organization's in a little bit of a shambles. I mean, over the last 20 years, uh, a lot of parallels. (laughs) A couple more winning seasons down there, but a lot of parallels. And the nice thing about the Browns schedule this year, 29th, Tony, in strength of schedule Mm -hmm. if you're basing it off of last year's numbers and i know obviously things are going to change teams are going to be better than they were last year teams are going to be worse but at least it's nice knowing that a it's one of the easier schedules in the nfl for a team that has struggled for a long period of time washington week three at home back-to-back home games you got 10 days off yep
1: i you know i have this game in the win column um in, in you know, based on the fact that I believe that Washington will be as good as they were last year, but not better. And, and I think by the time we get to week three here, um, I'm going to make the assumption. And of course, you know, once again, we're making assumptions here based on yeah. what. Like, yeah. we, we don't know what the coaching staff, how they're going to perform, whatever. But I'm going to make the assumption that our coaching staff will have our players by this point figured out. We'll have our rotations figured out, and we will have, be at home for the second straight week with that ten-day break. I, you know, th- this really is going to be the game. I think you look at the first, you know, the first two. I think we kind of know which way those are going to go. I think this will be the game. If you're going to mark a game on the schedule, this is kind of your make-or-break game, because if you end up one and one prior to this game, and you come in and lose to Washington at home. You know, and then and I hate to jump ahead, but the next week we're going to Dallas. That puts you in a bad spot because you don't want to be one and two going into Dallas. I just think that puts you in a bad spot, and that's when, um, you know, it's another example of letting that like that doubt creep in because not only are you losing now um, to Washington, you're losing to a team which on paper you probably should have beaten, and that goes back to what we said about last year. Last year we had that stretch in the schedule where we were going to kill everybody. And it didn't happen, and, and you—you—you got to know that the guys are looking at the schedule and they're—they're they're breaking it down the same way we are. Yeah, they're—you they're, know—they're probably a little bit more cocky than we are. I would hope. Um, but but realistically, I think that if you're going to circle a week on the schedule, that week three is the week that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season, because if you come away from that with a win, that puts you at two and one. And I don't want to say that gives you the ability to go into Dallas and lose, but it at least gives you some it at least gives you some you know something to play with as far as just uh you know having confidence going into that game, having uh you know a belief that hey, we we are a winning team, cuz the worst thing that could possibly happen is to go into that game one and two, lose Dallas, now you're one and three and now here comes the doubters, you know, are we gonna, is Barry going to get fired? Is the coach going to get replayed? I mean, you know, so that's just my thoughts on that one.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's tough. I mean, I, I would agree. I think going, you know, the win at Washington is going to help. I'm, I'm probably going to put that in the win column as well. I just don't see that that offense or defense, you know, bottom third of the NFL last year uh, from a defensive standpoint, uh, <laughs> bottom three from an offensive standpoint, I think the Browns should be able to handle that game, especially at home. Put that in the win column. I agree with you 100% there. You move on to Dallas. Dallas, I think from uh, where their success lies on the offensive side of the ball, I think a lot of people are surprised at how good of a passing offense they had last year. They had a top five passing offense in the NFL last year. Dak Prescott, a lot of people, you know, down, oh, it's all Zeke, it's all Zeke. Hey, you know, maybe all Zeke but Dak performs given the opportunities he's been given, and we kill for something like that in Cleveland here where, hey, quarterback taking advantage of the opportunities that they have. You don't have to be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning um, to take care of some of those opportunities. Defensively, though, their defense is horrible against the run, and I think it's a a Nick Chubb gashing, and, and you just feed the rock to him, and you do not let their offense on the field. I think that's how you try to win that game. And I think they can take that game, Tony. I'm going to be optimistic here, and and I'm going to say that they take that one. And that might be the one that I think kind of separates me first from some other folks. I think a lot of people put that in the loss column for them. I'm hopeful that our defensive front is going to come together. I'm confident in our defensive backfield. And then the offensive game plan, especially with the way Stefanski runs the offense, is going to be effective against Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think my only concern with this is this is, other than that first game, um, this is another one of those instances of uh, we're a young team and we're walking into a venue, which I think for for some players, if you're young and you're immature, this venue can kind of swallow you up. Um, You know, the, the hope is that you know enough of the the players that we have on our team. If you know, heck, ha- half of them probably played in this stadium when they were in college. So <laughs> so hopefully they've experienced that. But but that is the one thing I would say, just as an aside, um, something to think about is, um, will will our coaching staff be able to get the the players prepared for playing here? Because you know you can say that Baltimore game. Obviously, it's a big game, but playing in Dallas. I think it probably trumps even that game as far as the the glitz and glamour of it. I, I mean, and, and we don't play in Dallas often, so even for the guys who have been on the team for a while, I mean, it's going to be a big deal. That'll be the factor that we have to get over. But as you said, I think the the key for that game is if we can. I don't think we can stop Zeke Elliott, but if we can contain Zeke Elliott and we do not allow him. To gash us for yards, <laughs> and, and you know that's going to be the key. And then yeah. if we can get Nick, you know, just doing what he does, um I i think we'll be fine. I, I'm kind of on the fence on this one, which way to go. And once again, I think it's hard because you know we, we we haven't really heard anything going on with the player, you know. Yeah. But but I would say I'm a little hesitant to put this one in our win column, but it's uh you know i'm leaning either way like I, I even money well let's just put it that way i i mean i i think of it it's a game if we do win it and we do go 3 and 1 that's when the coaching staff will have the opportunity if they have the guys under control that if you're coming out of Dallas 3 and 1 you you could do something special with this season uh, if you come out 2 and 2 i think you're all right if you come out 1 and 3 i think we're in trouble but i think probably the chances are we're either going to be two and two or you know if the stars line up and we come out three and one I think that sets us up to make a sweet sweet run in the first half of the season and put ourselves in a position where we're not doing what we've done in the past where we've had to chase teams um, to, to try to you know make it to the play if you come out at us three and one I think our our chances of making the playoffs go up exponentially.
0: Yeah, and and I think one of the reasons I put this one in the win column is because I'm unfortunately putting the next week in the loss column. I'm putting the Colts game in the loss column. I think with Phillip Rivers coming to Indianapolis, that offense takes a leap from Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> and, and the defense... Hey, the def- their defense was better than the Browns' yeah. last year, and it's it's not a great defense. It's not going to overwhelm you. It was literally right in the middle of the pack. It was 17th ranked defense last year. Their um, their their pass defense and their rush defense were both 19th overall. They finished 17th. It's a solid team that I think has the weapons offensively, or a quarterback offensively that I think can win them. Not that Philip Rivers couldn't throw this game away no. and we could take some picks and, and have some of that. But I really, I think if I'm going to give them the Dallas game, uh, I'm evening it out by taking the Colts game and, and giving them the loss there. And then I'm balancing the record um, or not balancing, but I'm giving them three and two at that point um, through five weeks.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the interesting thing I find about this is the 425 start. I, I You know, who does that give an advantage to? And, and I think it, honestly, you know, to think about it, I think it gives an advantage to the Colts. Um, yeah, you know, slight advantage. I, I think, you know, the fact that they're traveling, um, it does give them an opportunity to rest up a little bit more, I guess you could say. But I think the one thing, once again, it goes back to being a young team. Young teams... You want to keep them into a routine in the one o'clock, one o'clock, one o'clock. You you want to keep, and then all of a sudden you go to 425. May not seem like a big deal, but um, when you look at that time of year, I mean, uh, who knows what the temperature. Well, I mean, heck, it's been snowing here in May, but I I mean, uh, when you look at the temperature that time of the day, I mean, it kind of throws everything off. The sun's going to be in a different spot. You you know, it's those things, once again, for a young team, um, those are huge factors, and that's where a quarterback. Like a Philip Rivers, um, you, you know, I, I feel the same way. I give them a slight advantage, which I hate doing because that puts us at two and three with, uh, you know, at Pittsburgh the following right. week. Um, but I think that's just a reality. Um, you, you know, we're still a young team, and uh, now let me just say this: if we beat Dallas, then maybe this game swings over to the win column. I would say that. So I don't know if I want to keep two lists going here, but I would just say that um, I could see if we if we beat Dallas at Dallas, just riding the wave. Oh, I, I think I think that the confidence coming in here, you would have it would have to be off the charts. Um, and, and once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say this so many times, that you're just gonna get tired of hearing it. It's going it's gonna come down to, man, what's this? Co- How is this coaching staff able to coach these people off the field? Yeah, that's going to be a huge factor. I mean, the on-field, I think Stefanski, we already see what his body of work is, but how is he going to be able to manage that? Because if we eat, if we end up beating Dallas, and we know we've got some egos in the locker room, are we able to keep those egos in check so we don't have that, you know, that negative rebound where we beat Dallas and then we come home and we just lay an egg against Indianapolis because that's um, that's been something that's happened in the past that we haven't been able to avoid. So
0: yeah, and then you head to Pittsburgh. Right, and I think from an offensive standpoint, you can throw out whatever Pittsburgh did last year, right? (laughs) You know, Duck Hodges and and Mason Rudolph are not Ben Roethlisberger. So him coming back, I think obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense is going to be substantially better, even if he is aging. Their defense, I don't know how they do it. Every year is excellent, even when you're like, I don't even know who they have on that defense. Somehow... Mike Tomlin manages to put a top five defense on the field. Going to Pittsburgh, I don't think there's a whole ton to talk about on this one, but I'll I'll turn it over to you, Tony. I'm putting that one in the lost column for now, just talking of of the schedule. And again, we don't know what's going to happen. Somebody might be injured coming into that game. Somebody, you know, those things do happen. Things can change seasons in a heartbeat. But knowing what we know, assuming the rosters are what they are, I'm giving it to Pittsburgh.
1: You know, th- this is the one I think we're gonna we're gonna maybe, and, and I, I, th- I find myself in an odd position saying this. I actually have put this one in the win column for us for a couple reasons. One, we really don't know what Ben Roethlisberger is going to look, and, and this just makes it tough to make this pick. Yeah. We have no idea what he's going to look like, but I'm just I'm just basing it on age, the injury, and and just. You know, the fact that their team last year, I think, took a step back, not just because Ben was there. I think just overall their team kind of took a, a step back. just Worst it,
0: offense in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just <laughs> – well yeah. so maybe they took several steps back. but But, um, you know, I, I was really surprised this year by just how poorly they drafted. I, I, I just felt like this was probably the worst draft that they've had in the last 20, 25 years, which is, you know – I'm, I'm, you know, that being said, their draft probably better than a lot of other teams. But I felt like this was the one year where we were able to actually make up some ground on them specifically because our draft was, I I felt, better than theirs. Obviously, our draft needed to be a lot better than theirs to get us to even. But I think this is a game, emotions are going to be high. I I think Miles Garrett will, um, you know, like I say, it's tough to make predictions. Who knows if he's even playing in this game? But if he is playing, you're going to have a hobbled Ben Roethlisberger going up against a hungry, hungry defensive line, and I think they're going to be out to prove something, and I just don't think that's going to bode well for Pittsburgh. And, um, you, you know, once again, you know, it's a, it's a game, it's a mind game, right? It depends on yeah. where Pittsburgh's at week six, too. You, you know, but I, I put this one in the win column, and with that win,
0: I have us at three and three. Yeah, that's where I got four. us, through six. Yeah, so which they, is a good
1: Good place to be. Good
0: spot. Heading down to the nasty Natty to face the Bengals for the second time. You get them twice in seven weeks. In the first half of the season, Tony. What do you got for the Bengals game?
1: I got us winning that one, and, and um, I, I think at this point, if you look at what I've got, I mean, I, I'm kind of uh, you, you know, if we can win at Pittsburgh and at Cincy, we can kind of get that road dog mentality going. Um, I have us winning that one.
0: I have them winning too. I just think they're the better team. Uh, Not that Joe Burrow is not going to be a great quarterback in the league. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think anyone could accurately tell you that or else they'd be a general manager for an NFL team. (laughs) But I think the Browns have just a more talented roster on both sides of the ball. I don't think it matters where that game is going to be played. I think the Browns win that game and uh, take the the series – kind of from the Bengals that year, this year. Uh, heading uh, against Vegas, they're coming to us. A 1 o'clock East Coast start for a West Coast team mm-hmm. tends to bode well for the East Coast team. How do you see that playing out, Tony? I
1: I, I have us beating the Raiders. Um, you, you know, I just... The fact that they're coming here is huge. Um, the fact that they've got so many unknown variables, um, you know, that they're... Pretty much a new team, just playing. Even, even all their home games are going to be essentially road games for them. They've never played in that stadium before, and um, I, I just, I, I, think that's one that um, that we definitely can steal. Um, it's going to come down to once again, can we stop the run, and can we keep their passing game contained? I think offensively, we're going to be fine offensively. It's, it's going to be one of those years where this is the year where it's going to be up to our defense to decide are we going to be losing games 38, 35, 42, you know, 30. I mean, I think offensively we should be able to put up points, but is our defense going to be able to stop the run and,
0: and stop their pass, I, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't see the Oakland defense getting that much better this off season, and they were... 31st in the league last year defensively. Their offense was surprisingly good. I don't think too many people would have told you last year that Oakland had a top 10 offense, uh, and mostly because their passing offense was amazing, and their rushing offense was not. Even though you know they got a lot of hype for the the rookie running back, but I would agree with you. I think the Browns are taking this game. I think again traveling from uh, west to east is always a bear. If you've done it before, it sucks. Yeah. And I think that plays into their favor, and then the Browns take it. So at the halfway poll of the season, Tony, I think we both have them at 5-3. and five three. And, three. Mm-hmm. and as I said, a break in the middle. This is a perfect break, right? The Browns have what I consider the ideal bye week. I know some people prefer a little later. I like it at week nine dead middle of the season give everybody that chance to rest right at that halfway point and that's what the Browns have I think they win the bye week (laughs) no I think I I like having it at the middle point so that bodes well a nice thing I, I would prefer actually that this game would be away uh coming off of the bye week I like having an away game just because you've had the rest The travel is not as bad as it potentially could be, especially if you're playing a team that's not coming off a bye week. Then that gives you a little bit of an advantage for a road game. I'd like to have that. But it is a home game, Tony. You mentioned having the consistency. The Browns have seven weeks in a row where they have one o'clock starts. This is one of them against Houston, who made the amazing (laughs) trade (laughs) this offseason. And uh, jettisoned DeAndre Hopkins – but they still have Deshaun Watson. How do you see Houston coming into Cleveland, and what's the result?
1: I I have that one down as a win for us. A one is coming off the bye. Once again, this is going to come down to coaching, You know how our coaches are able to handle this. But coming off the bye, playing a team that <clears throat> offensively is not going to be where they were at last year, I would hope by this point, by the midpoint of the season, we've established ourselves as a defense. We've established... You know our mentality and how we're going to handle facing teams, and and I just don't I don't see this as a game that we're um, we're going to lose. I, I mean once again, um, we'll see how that plays out. I I have no I gotta imagine what this is week.
0: Week 9. Week, week 10. No, yeah, I mean, our I 9th mean, game week 10.
1: So there's a real good chance J.J. Watts, like, injured already by this point. And oh, he's there's no of... way he's, Yeah,
0: there's no <laughs> way he's playing in this game. Yeah.
1: So so that factors in. I, I just have that as a win. I, I think if we're 5-3 going into the bye, the confidence level should be to the point where we should win this game
0: at home. And I would agree. I think the way this Houston team looks, it doesn't look like they've had a great offseason. And they're They were not a great team last year. They won some games, yes. But if you look at the numbers, they were not a great team, and they won some games they probably should not have. And their offense took a substantial hit. I can't see them holding out and and winning this game. And they have a game at Jacksonville the week before, so they're traveling back-to-back weeks. That's a grind as well. So I see that one going in the Browns' favor as well. Now... Philadelphia comes to town, Tony, and it's going to be a challenge. What do you got?
1: I put that one in the L column um, as much as I'd hate to, but I, I just think that that's a team and that's an organization that is, um, they're already at where we want to be as far as consistency and being consistently great. And um, I just think that's one where, if, you know, if we beat Houston, it could be a trap game. That ends up swallowing us up, and uh, right now I just have it in the I have it in the loss
0: column. Uh, okay, I have it in the win column for much of the same reason that you gave uh, J.J. Watt some crap. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably not playing in this game, right? Jalen Hurts is starting for the okay. the Eagles at this point in the season, and with it being a home game, I just don't see that Eagles offense really coming together. I don't think they've really ramped up that receiving court to the level they needed to. Yeah. I think it's improved, but I don't think it's as great as it could be. And I'm going to bet that Carson Wentz is probably, if not injured, not starting this game for the Browns. He has not proven yeah. that he can last an NFL season, and I'm going to give them the loss here from the Eagles' standpoint, the win for the Browns, solely because of that. Okay giving them the win. I'm being I'm being kind today, Tony. I'm, I'm yeah, optimistic. That's, that's I'm optimistic. Uh flying down to Jacksonville. I
1: have that in the win column. Uh, I mean, I you know, <clears throat> we have back-to-back, you know, away games and I'm giving the first one to the Browns. I, I just feel like that's a that's a place where uh, by the time we're in week 12 we should know where we're at offensively we should know where we're at defensively I'm hoping by this point we've established a running game that we can um, you know we're consistently putting 150 180 yards on teams um, or, or more and um, you know obviously we know where you know we, we hope the offense as far as uh, passing goes I, I don't think if you've if you've got the run game clicking at 150 180 yards per game you know Chubb um, and, and Hunt, I, I just don't see them being able to keep up with stopping that and stopping the wide receivers. I think this is the part of the season where teams start getting tired and our <clears throat> our stockpile of weapons is going to start to be to our advantage because um, we're not going to have to rely on one person to do it. I mean, we're going to have multiple people. We can come at you multiple ways. And by the time we get to Week 12, Jacksonville, I think their head's going to be spinning when they see our offense at that point. I would hope so.
0: Yeah, I mean, a bottom third offense and defense last year. I mean, I don't see Minshew making the leap. And I, I just don't see the Browns losing this game. I'm not a big fan of Doug Marone. Um, and what he has done from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, had a great kind of first year, but those next two years have been, shall we say, less than impressive. And I think the Browns win on the road here and um, and take this game, Tony. I'm, you know, I'm agreeing with you. Right. I'm agreeing with you. It's a good thing to do. That's, yeah, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll keep, keep, keep the record here. Tennessee is next in town, and you got Ryan Tannehill and those frisky Tennessee Titans coming in uh, off an AFC Championship game berth. Two playoff wins last year. I think they overperformed a little bit, Tony, but since it's on the road... I am going to give this one to Tennessee and and put it in the loss column for the Browns. Their offense was sneaky good last year. Obviously, uh, the running game was amazing, but I think they're still going to be able to handle it, and I'm going to give this one to Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I've got this one in the uh, loss column also um, for the Browns <clears throat> for many of the same reasons. I just... Until our defensive line can show me and prove to me that they can consistently stop the run, anytime a team like Tennessee comes up on the schedule, I, I'm going to be scared, and I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go with, with us um, as far as a pick. I just don't feel like we have we have consistently stopped the run, and they certainly proved last year that they um, – they're willing to commit to a run game to win games. And if we can't stop that... Did they give um,
0: Derrick Henry too many carries, though, last year? Is that Are you going to get that 300-carry kind of lag that you sometimes get, and and he's just not going to be able to perform to the level that he did last year?
1: Well, I think even if he does, once again, if if our defensive line performs the way our defensive line last year, <laughs> I think even on a lag, he's getting 120 on us. Um, I, I just... You know that, and the fact that it's going to be at Tennessee, it's at home. I, I think, um, and now we're getting into the meat and potatoes part of the uh, the the schedule. Like this is by the time we get to week thirteen, this is where you know, you know we're separating the wheat from the shaft here. And and, and I don't uh, I don't anticipate Tennessee to have a huge drop off. I think there's still going to be a team that's going to contend for the playoffs. And I think if all things are equal, I would put their head coach. I'm um, obviously ahead of our head coach as far as an advantage. And uh, I just think that, you know, being at home, having the good coaching, having a running game that I think by week 13 is going to be where it needs to be, I just think that doesn't bode well for us. It just doesn't.
0: But. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't been in a loss column too, so I no. can't disagree too much. The next game, the biggest game probably on the Browns schedule, uh, I'm going to argue, is is the the Monday night game against Baltimore, at home. Baltimore, the previous weeks, they have back-to-back Thursday night games, which I didn't know necessarily the league allowed, but they're playing Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving on the 26th. They're playing Dallas on December 3rd at home. And then they have 10, well, 11 days off and have the Monday night game against the Browns on the 14th. So there's a couple different ways to look at that. Hey, some travel in there Thursday nights to Sunday nights, maybe throwing off schedules. I don't think that's going to matter too much. Um, I do have this one in the loss column for the Browns. I think that extra time off for Baltimore that late in the season is probably going to be to their benefit.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only thing that,
0: in this way, I'm not going to sit here and judge the league.
1: Having a team do that three weeks in a row, I think the one thing that, that works in the advantage of the, the Browns is just the intensity of the off-field stuff that goes along with having those three games, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the intensity level, uh, the scrutiny that's going to be on them for those three weeks will be huge. And really, it's going to come down to quarterbacking. I mean, um, which one of the two quarterbacks is going to play up to um, – the level that you need to win a, a Monday night game, and um, I, I don't know if Baker. I'm not 100 percent in the Baker column, so I'm I'm putting this one in the eesh, this one I'm kind of uh, I'm putting it in the loss column, um, simply because I, I don't I don't know, and we won't know until the season gets going
0: whether or not Baker Mayfield's ready to make the leap. I agree, and and this I mean this is the middle of a five game stretch from just after Thanksgiving to just after Christmas, where the Browns play four road games in five weeks. This is the only home game they have in that five-week stretch, Mm -hmm. and it's a Monday night game against one of the top teams in the league. That's going to be a tough stretch. We had them winning at Jacksonville. We kind of had them losing at Tennessee. We have them losing this one. then And then they head to New York, Tony, for back-to-back weeks. It's going to be interesting to see if this team stays in New York. It's not that far from here. Obviously, it's a pretty quick flight. But do you just do it just to make things acclimated? You have back-to-back weeks in the Meadowlands. Giants first, followed by the Jets. But you know everybody's coming home. Why, Tony? Because Christmas is in the middle. So you know you're not making the players miss the Christmas with the families. So they probably are coming home, but it still would be interesting. I'm interested to see how the team handles it from that standpoint. The Jets game, it's going to be a 1 o'clock game. I don't know why they have it as TBD. The other games on the slate that are TBD at that point, at the Chargers, at the Cardinals, at the Raiders, those are all going to be 4 o'clock games. And then the at the Lions is going to be the other 1 o'clock with the Browns. I don't even know why the... I mean, look at the schedule. There's no way they're making the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Raiders kick at one, and there's no way they're having uh, seven four o'clock starts. So NFL, what are you doing? Just give us the one o'clock already. Uh, Tell us that what it is because it's not getting flexed to Monday or Sunday night or Monday night because those games are already determined. So I don't know what the one four o'clock flex is for the NFL, but. So two one o'clock games, Giants first, Jets second. We can double up on these. Tony, what do you got?
1: Well, you know, I think the the the, the one thing you mentioned that it's kind of got my wheels churning is you know, uh, will they stay in New York? And I mean, not to start bringing other factors into this, but I mean, we we're constantly being told that December is going to be this magical time for uh, this COVID situation that we're currently in, and we're back to back weeks in the worst. Place on the planet to probably be right now for COVID-19. And uh, so are we going to stay there? I don't think we'll stay there. But I just think, man, it's, they couldn't have given us some more. And Not that I want to complain about the schedule because everybody has rough patches, but this to me is probably the worst thing you could have done to a team other than maybe the Baltimore playing three weeks in a row primetime because think about it. You've got to fly to New York twice, which is a pain in the rear end, I mean, obviously for us, it's not as bad we got escorts going everywhere we' are going, but then you got the Christmas in the middle. I just think, man, uh like one of these two should have been a home game <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, it's just a bad to make a team go to the same stadium two weeks in a row. It's just gonna be awful but but I have a i i think I think we can split here i i I put it a split just because of all those factors. They're traveling to New York twice, having Christmas in the middle. Um, you know, both these teams aren't terrible teams, but once again, both of these teams are teams that we have no idea what they're going to look like. I have no idea what either one of these teams is going to look like. I mean, they're, they're both, you know, kind of unknown wild card, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, we just don't have a lot to go to go on here. I mean, they're both teams that are going to be, you know, new look teams. Um, so I'd say that being said, I will, I will give this – a, a win-loss split, um, just to you know, not commit to a <laughs> not, not commit to a solid answer, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that. I, I mean, I originally when I looked at the schedule, I had us um, you know hopefully splitting the last eight games, um, but as I go through the schedule. I think it can still happen and in order for it to happen I would have to we'd have to win both games in New York because I don't see us losing to or uh, winning against Pittsburgh on the last game. I just I don't think we're ready. So anyhow, um let me just give it a split. I'll let you pick who, who, who wins. I mean, I don't know. Let's say the, I I'd say probably the two teams I, I'd go with the Jets.
0: Yeah, the Jets have a much better defense than the yeah. Giants do and I don't know if I trust either of those New York quarterbacks to necessarily make the leap, yeah. but I think you could say the same thing about Baker. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be about which QB is going to take the leap. I think the Browns have the best defense of those three teams. I also think they have the best offensive line now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say... Win them both. They do win them both, Tony. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them both there, and then they go into that Pittsburgh game... Ten and five, they finished the season ten and six. Tony, unfortunately, <laughs> home yeah. against the Steelers last week of the season. You had them beating them in in week six at Pittsburgh. It sounds like you have them losing this one.
1: I have them losing this one, and then you know, unfortunately, if I have them losing this one, um, on uh, and maybe I have this. Do I have this right? I have us at. Um, let me do the math. I was never good at math. I have us at eight and
0: eight. I have I have them at ten and six, and that sounds about right because we have some uh, differing opinions on yeah. a, on a couple games, and I think you're more the the lost column than I am.
1: Yeah, which I you know I had said that when the schedule came out, and I had said that when we lost last uh, or when we left last year, I said this team could be nine and seven next year, uh, that would be fine. Eight and eight is certainly not where we want them to be, but at least. If we go eight and eight, it's progress, man. Well, it's consistency. It's some kind of consistency. I mean, you know, the only way that this thing's a failure is if we're under five hundred. I f- I think if we're at eight and eight this year, as as someone who's looking at this realistically, I think we're fine. Nine and seven, obviously better. Now, if we go with your ten and six, now now I think we've we've made uh, you know improvements and leaps and bounds, which is always welcome. But um, I. I don't know, looking at what I've got here, I'm going eight and eight's my base minimum.
0: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be happy with eight and eight. I know I'm a little overly optimistic with some of these, but I think that offensive line is going to step up and give Baker the time he needs. And I think even if he's not great, having been a part of a team that that won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as the quarterback, not that I'm not saying this Browns defense is that Bucks defense, let's be clear. But I think this offense has way more talent than that Bucks offense did, which makes that defense not to ha- have to perform at that same level. Yeah. I think if they can do that, that the likelihood of them hopefully going nine and seven, ten and six, is huge, and eight and eight again. I'm hoping that's the floor this yeah. year tony because all of the additions because i think what you said and i've said for several podcasts is correct if this year this team does not show some significant improvement some of these guys are gone yeah. and then it's how are you going to replace them and i don't know that the pieces are out there right now and if the team is at eight and eight, is that enough yeah,
1: full disclosure, though, I do have them going 3-1 uh, and one in the preseason, including beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom
0: Brady. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So, uh, which week of the preseason is that? That's week four. Yeah, that's week four of the preseason. <laughs> They'll probably so, take three
1: snaps. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it it would take the, exactly. I'm taking the under on that three snaps. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming Tom Brady will not touch the field yeah. in week four of the preseason this year.
1: Yeah, they'll keep them in a, a disease-free chamber. Yeah, bring them out only for games. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so that's what we have, folks, for you here. Little schedule breakdown. It's interesting to see how the Browns' schedule plays out. Some home games uh, early in the season, but it's a mixed bag here, Tony. I think the stretch that is key. Yes, it things are key early, but if they even get off to a 500 start. Through the first ten games, if they're five and five, everything comes down to that five-week stretch where four of those games are on the road, and then the middle game is the Monday nighter against Baltimore in Cleveland. The crowd's going to
1: be crazy if there is a crowd. Well, I mean, we can do like the Twins, where well, we'll just have the crowd uh, log in and they can scream into a microphone, and then they'll play it over the loudspeaker. There you so go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
0: Pipe in crowd noise. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Yeah. Pipe it in crowd noise. All right, Browns backers, that's all we have for you here this week. We'll talk to you next week. Again, this is Believe in the Browns with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick, and we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at believe.com. That's B L E A com, And at Browns Believe. That's at Browns B L E A V on Twitter and Instagram. Have a good one. Top check.